is Amarjeet Sharma and welcome to my radically inclusive podcast series. This is a diversity and inclusion focused podcast and when it comes to DNI as many of us know it is less about a program and more about helping people become comfortable enough to have a dialogue about their experiences in various settings. Through these podcasts my goal is to get some ideas flowing and understand from my guests who are DNI influencers as to what radical inclusion mean to them and how can we make efforts around us and at our workplaces to make this world more inclusive and welcoming to all so let's get started with our first guest dr shweta mohapatra shweta is a seasoned hr leader with career imprints from past organizations like ge emphasis marico barclays and vodafone an acc certified coach mentor at cherry blair foundation for women Shweta was nominated for the prestigious fellowship VV Lead by Vital Voices Washington DC in 2015. She was also recognized as top 25 innovators in Western India at Innovation India Initiative 2017 organized by the CII and among the top 100 global diversity and inclusion leaders by World HRD Congress in 2018. Shweta is currently working with one of the Fortune 100 organizations in their India office and I have had the privilege of working with Shweta during my first stint with Emphasis and I'm really looking forward to recording this first episode with her where we are going to touch upon topics around inclusion at workplaces, how leaders play an important role to drive the inclusion agenda and much more. Thank you so much Shweta for agreeing to be a part of this I'm so excited to record this first episode with you. Thank you for having me here and uh, inviting me in uh, into this uh, very interesting uh, series of podcasts that you are weaving in. My pleasure, always my pleasure Shweta. So let's just dive in uh, right away. As we all know, offering an inclusive workplace where team members feel empowered to be their authentic selves in itself is a key driver to attracting and retaining talent. So when it comes to inclusion what does it mean to you and how important in today's context of remote working world is it Right So inclusion Amarjeet like you rightly said has become such a integral part of our talent strategy these days and the entire engagement strategy because it's it's natural these days for the global organizations to have a very diverse group and while we can attract these diverse groups inclusion to me is the key factor through which we can leverage these diverse groups and if in very short i want to say uh, short layman's language i would say inclusion is nothing but respecting leveraging and celebrating differences because by bringing in di- different uh, groups diverse uh, segments of employees we'll have a lot of differences flowing there in the atmosphere and how are we able to not just respect and leverage but also celebrate those that to me is inclusion and personally i think how do i sort of how have i personally felt as an employee about inclusion i think at times in my career where i have felt this inclusion very strongly mm-hmm. i have been able to bring my whole 
self to work you know mm-hmm. and that whole self is with all my strengths and uh, discretionary effort i would like to sort of give to that workplace mm-hmm. and uh, to me that's important the uh, ability to bring our true selves to work you know absolutely and you know while you were talking about being your own self it just kind of uh, reminded me of this saying that diversity is about being invited in a party and inclusion is about being asked to dance right right absolutely and that's a very popular one by varna myers and uh, we use that a lot too for awareness right great so that just kind of gives me a segue to ask you about you know there are many startup organizations or companies which are just starting in the dni space so what can organizations do to a actively create this inclusive work environment and what would be the insights that will be useful for them in their early steps sure so i think at an organizational level what organizations can do are basically three things one is the entire policy imperatives you know mm-hmm. so our of course in the developed countries we have a lot of legislative framework but in some countries like india that legislatively strong frameworks are still emerging so despite legislation really uh, doing a lot of policy imperatives which encourage inclusion so at a policy level saying that you know we will be opening our positions out to very very diverse groups we will be targeting diverse groups we will be doing segmented targeted hunt for diverse groups so some of uh, and that's just an example of hiring policy but very similarly whether it's a promotion policy or a performance management or you know when we are trying to uh, internally move uh, top talent in each of those policy imperatives if we could weave inclusion into it i think that's one uh, big element uh, second element is uh, really um, the entire employee mindset and when i say employees these are ground level and upward all employees i think we can do a lot around um, you know pieces of work around unconscious biases and if you have diverse groups how do we make them feel a part of our teams how do we be very very careful that what we are saying and doing the doesn't demotivate them at a workplace if they are minorities i think that piece around all employee sensitivity is the second big piece you know which can be uh, done to drive inclusion and third but the most important is actually leadership narratives so every leader should really be not just bought into the fact that inclusion is uh, great but they should be speaking that in their language they should be showing that in their narratives town halls and even in their decision making and mindsets you know and uh, while i mention it the third but it's actually the topmost you know the entire inclusive leadership mindset piece so true i think when we say uh, that we need to have an executive sponsor it's not just for the namesake purpose it's the leaders who are responsible for driving that culture within the organization and i think you've rightly mentioned that the topmost priority is for leaders to speak that language and walk the talk right absolutely 
Amazing. I know you have extensively been involved in DNI work. How has been your journey in advocating DNI in your area of work? Sure. Um, so my journey in diversity and inclusion actually goes back to 2010, and in India, it was very very nascent at that point of time. Right. I think there were still a very few employers like Accenture and IBM talking uh, co-diversity and inclusion, right. and uh, I was with a uh, European firm then and I got exposed to this concept and my work really began by championing and being like a champion in my own role and I uh, was business partnering few key verticals there and uh, in my own role I started championing the entire uh, bit around diversity mm-hmm. and like you would know I'm based out of India and in India gender diversity is the biggest piece and the first piece which started getting getting talked about right. and it's very recently that we have uh, started talking about differently abled and lgbt and various other pillars right. but gender has been uh, talked about you know possibly for more than a decade now in organizations so my journey also started really with championing the gender diversity piece and for me i was also going through my own phase of motherhood that time mm-hmm. so i think i could very deeply feel about the topic and you know there was this deep desire to contribute to the topic and once i started reading up around how much is happening in uk and us and how this piece of work needs a lot of attention in corporates i think this 2010 onwards i kept reading and you know continuously researching so much so that i actually took up a phd formal doctorate research right. in the topic and profiled 314 women what did it take for them to advance their careers and you know created a construct and while i was doing my phd you know i wanted to enjoy my research and i I was working independently with corporates I was consulting with them hmm. in the area of diversity and inclusion right absolutely amazing and any highlights or lowlights that you'd like to share from your experiences so around 2015 I I think the highlights was everyone was curious about diversity and inclusion right and they also figured that they if they do something in this area it gets them a lot of good press so sometimes leaders whether they want to do it in spirit or just in letter it doesn't matter but the support is very great to have and because these topics were generating a lot of good press a lot of leaders both males and females they got interested and i think that interest it itself was a highlight because right. there was some amount of sponsorship happening there um, and some amount of a conversation starter happening there so those are really i think and now from 2015 to now a lot of things have moved on and i know even in india a lot of indian organizations are also focusing on this i think everybody has realized that there is a business case to diversity absolutely uh, i think if i when i started back in 2010 there was this element of or oh, is this a good thing to do socially and you know more like a good to do csr uh, or a social perspective right. i don't think many people understood the business perspective 
But I think now, a decade later, we're in 2020, I do see everybody understands the business perspective. Like, for example, I know Flipkart, which is now taken over by Amazon and was doing really well. They had a business case around. They realized that a lot of their buyers and customers are women. And if they have women on their team, they'll be able to understand the customers better. And that was their business case. And they did a whole lot of things, you know, for gender diversity. And similarly, we have a chain of hotels and restaurants, which has possibly understood that, you know, if we have differently able people in our team, it generates a lot of goodwill in hospitality industry and it uh, increases our, uh, you know, customer base and they have linked it to the business. And that's where now everyone has started focusing on DNI. I see a lot of companies now having dedicated team for DNI. Earlier, it was just, you know, somebody's job over and above their day jobs. That in itself, I think, you know, is a highlight. But I think the low light in this space for me has been uh, clearly, Amar, the lack of uh, women role models uh, in the uh, in corporates. And when right. I say that, I'm not saying you won't find women in the senior positions. And I'm now talking only India because that's where I've been closest to. Sure. Uh, while I do know when I share with my global peers and researchers, they confirm they have this problem too. Mm-hmm. And because... We don't have enough women out there on the boards, in the decision-making layers. And unfortunately, even if we have a handful, a lot of them have been what I call masculinized, which means that while they are women, uh, they are pretty much uh, like any other male leader because they've had to struggle and strive. And for that, they needed to possibly be very aggressive and, you know, acquire all those male leader qualities. Right. While they are women on those decision-making layers, but they've been really masculinized, could be the case. And the second could be that there is a woman, but then she doesn't have a voice on the board. So she's more like a token representation because a woman is needed legally to be on a board. So she's on a board, but she's possibly a board member's wife or um, someone related or just another woman who is pretty much there because she'll go along with the decisions of the other male members. So those, I think, you know, and I'm talking only gender diversity. Those are, uh, I think, these realizations have been a little bit of low light. Right. Having that, the highlights uh, totally overweigh the low lights because there's just so much traction. There is an acknowledgement of this absence of true women leaders in uh, senior um, management. And whether it is consulting organizations or it's not-for-profit organizations or it is industry chambers, I think there's a lot of work happening around okay we don't have them now but how can we create a pipeline how can we groom these leaders yeah so i think that's gender but even around the other pieces i think the pride campaign and the entire lgbt space how it's moving i think there's a lot of appetite now among corporates 
and that was not the case a decade earlier and everyone is talking about how do we do something more for differently abled how do we do something more for lgbt and not from a social angle because they are realizing the talent advantage the retention right. advantage and the business advantage of you know having these groups and i can so relate to this you know having worked in india for the last 15 years i do know how these dni uh, initiatives are evolving right now and the fact that you mentioned about earlier it was all about women not being themselves but now we are seeing so many groups where women supporting women leaders and i know that you had initiated a mentorship walk as part of the vital voices initiatives and some of these programs kind of boosts everyone's confidence and you know it just encourages women to come together and just plainly uh, mentoring them uh, encouraging them to take up roles that they would otherwise hesitate to take up absolutely and you know, it, it's great you mentioned vital voices because vital voices is doing such phenomenal work and i'm just so fortunate to be their flag bearer here in pune mm-hmm. and i was very fortunate to sort of attend their program in johannesburg but you know when i went for that exchange program in johannesburg i realized that the space is very very overwhelming mm-hmm. while we had possibly around 100 women from 31 countries but i realized they are all working with a they've taken a small scope of work or somewhere they can move the needle and they are you know working on it but organizations like vital voices and then there are many corporates which sponsor vital voices efforts like i know fonds is a firm which sponsors some of the programs for vital voices i think they are the ones who sort of give that back end support to such phenomenal work happening right. and that again is a highlight that you know i see a lot of support out there a lot of funding out there for diversity because if we look at the un sustainable goals right gender equality is one of the un sustainable goals reducing all kinds of inequities is another un sustainable goal right so there are enough projects being spun there is enough funding out there i think it is now about moving the space and in our own areas being very strong advocates absolutely i think you rightly mentioned there's so much traction happening now around these initiatives it's for us to take it forward to the next phase and really help the ones who need that kind of support and also help organizations understand that this is this is not going away anywhere and it's going to be an integral part all right absolutely great so nice getting to hear all the work that you've done in this space shweta you know 2020 uh, it's been quite a mixed bag for all of us i uh, just want to touch upon your personal life as well about how has it been for you and your family how have you coped up and uh, anything that came out staring that you you want to share that you're grateful for that this year brought to you and your family absolutely amar I think this has been quite a year but you know I am so hopeful as well while it's been a tough year while right. we all struggled in our own ways but I think I'm also very very grateful that with some it's like a divine hand forcing us to review the way we do things 
And while we've done this review, I think the best thing that has happened uh, to me personally, as well as I'm sure to many other women, is the openness uh, towards flexibility and work from home. And that, I believe, is going to really uh, add to the uh, work that we're trying to do in the space of diversity and inclusion, because pretty much the work is coming to a diverse set of employee rather than the diverse set of employee going to a workplace. And having location agnostic jobs in itself, I think it's a huge uh, transformation that we've done as a society. True. And personally, I've been very, very grateful for that because I fended for two sets of elderly parents and parents-in-law, mm-hmm. and I have a 10-year-old daughter, and I certainly um, advocate a better world for my daughter. And I do see that if in the post-pandemic era, if we've learned the lessons of uh, this year well, then it is certainly going to be a better world that we are going to create, you know, whether it's in terms of eco-friendliness or it is in terms of workplaces and how we redesign our workplaces. I think that's uh, something I'm very, very grateful for. And of course, grateful to be safe and well. And as I kept uh, reflecting, I kept feeling that this year for, for me and for everyone I know, professionally and personally it has actually been about three f's first one is stamina second one is strength and third one is super immunity you know sure and it's not just in our personal spaces personal spaces we know that we've been so much more focused about health and fitness and our walks building that strength we've been focused on having foods that give us super immunity and exercises that make us immune absolutely uh, having that stamina and energy because suddenly there was if you were handling one thing now you're suddenly handling four things you're also the teacher for your um, kid because she's she's at home and uh, you also have to double up as a parent and a teacher and a co-worker so there those multiple roles and i think Anybody who had the stamina could sort of burn bright in this year and anybody who didn't have the stamina possibly burnt out in this year, right? So it's that bit around were you burning bright or were you burning out? And what us is those three keywords, stamina, strength and super immunity, right? So I think that's uh, what I feel my year has been about. And then there are also not lessons you want to leave behind in 2020. True. You want to take these lessons ahead for future. That, you know, you want to continue to be strong. You want to continue to have the super immunity and stamina. And this was possibly just the world's way for you to realize that those are the three important things. Absolutely. You have so aptly put this up and such wonderful concept of three S's. And I guess for me, I I go back to uh, what I read uh, an article and it was about this year is not about pondering on what you do not have, but it's about being grateful for what you already have. So I think with that thought, I'd like to thank you, Shweta, for being so candid and sharing your views on DNI topic. This is a topic which is so less talked about i wish you all the very best for 2021 it's totally my pleasure and and it's a great series you've launched and i'm sure this is going to sort of make a lot of impact thank you for having me amal
Thank you, Shweta. All right, that was Dr. Shweta Mohapatra, everyone, giving us some great insights on the meaning of inclusion and how organizations can support and sponsor such initiatives. A point about leaders taking an active role in creating awareness and walking the talk is so important and an essential part. And I personally liked her advice of following three S's of being strong, having super immunity and stamina to be able to burn bright and not burn out during difficult times. Thank you all for listening to this very first episode of this series, which will continue and will feature experts from all across to shed more light on this topic through their experiences. This is Amarjeet Sharma signing out. Be radically inclusive, stay tuned, stay safe and stay happy.